Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Milan Lucic, seven years, $42 million. You're going to hear from him right away. The Oilers also signed goaltender Jonas Gustafson for a year, $800,000. Mark Fraser, depth defenseman, gets a one-year two-way deal. Inside Sports, presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Reed Wilkins with you. Winnipeg and Calgary about to start in the CFL. Uh, BC beat Hamilton to go to 2-0. 28-3 was the final. The Blue Jays in a game that took 6 hours and 13 minutes lose 2-1 in 19 innings to the Cleveland Indians, who have won 14 in a row. Wales beat Belgium 2-1 in Euro. K-Jam is on the line. Hey, K-Jam. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Oh, I'm doing great. How have you been, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Hey, I've, uh, I got my mind working a little bit and trying to figure out, like, this Tyson Berry thing and, you know, if or if not it's going to happen and, and when or why. And I got a couple questions to ask you, and hopefully this leads into my theory. But, you know, sure. uh, Joe, Sackick, Joe Sackick said that, you know, he's supporting Tyson Berry. Is that, was, did I hear that right? Yeah, he said he. What did he say? Well, he sees him as a long-term member of the Avalanche, something like that. All right, All right but Pat, but Patrick Waugh has basically said has he sucks. Him, yeah, yeah, he basically <laughs> said he sucks. Yeah, okay, all right. So, so then, like, if you're making a deal, uh, if you're dealing away Tyson Berry for some reason, right? Wouldn't it make sense to go to arbitration with Tyson Berry? Because if if Tyson Berry is willing to stick around for low money then he'd have already done that, and they wouldn't be looking at trading him. They'd probably even joke, like, you know, Patrick Wall would be like, he sucks, but he's making X amount, he fits on the team or whatever, right? But, but like, if if he wants out, he'll probably ask them for an astronomical amount of money. So if he goes to arbitration and makes the best case he can for the most amount of money, right, and so they have to, they, 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 they agree on that or whatever, it's binding or whatever, and so... A contract goes in place, and obviously Colorado's going to have to do the other side. And but you know, they're like Tyson's going to get the best contract from Colorado he possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it make sense to trade him then, then to a team that maybe he might take uh, a lower cap hit on if they're like competing with you in the in the same conference? Wouldn't that make sense? Wait, wait. So you're saying they should trade his rights now before arbitration? I would say that it would be better for the Oilers if they did, and I'm saying that it would be better for the Avalanche if they waited until after. They like I don't know if you can trade after a binding arbitration though I'm not sure about that but I mean if 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 Tyson Berry is going to get more money in arbitration than he would from any contract that Colorado is willing to offer him 
then wouldn't it make sense to to try to get Tyson Berry on the biggest contract possible for when you trade him? Because that's because whatever wherever team you trade him to, if you're trading him to the West, like to the Oilers, right? For instance, right? Right. You would prefer that Berry be on an expensive contract than a cheap contract for the Oilers because you're competing with them in the same conference. And so then that way you can it's easier for Colorado to ask for Nugent Hopkins because they because then money in money out, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, the the the. I think that if I've seen Colorado's, uh, you know, payroll, they've got room for Nugent Hopkins, you know, without Tyson Berry on the books, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, uh, the thing is, is like, if you're competing with Edmonton and you're looking at possibly having to face them in a second or a third round in the playoffs in the next few years, in the foreseeable future when Tyson Berry might be an oiler, like, you'd want to handicap that team that Tyson Berry's going to with the largest amount of cap hit that you could saddle that team with. Whereas if you trade him to the Edmonton and he's still an RFA and you just get his rights and he signs with Edmonton, well, maybe in arbitration he would have gotten, you know, $6.5 million, but maybe with Edmonton he signs for $5.5 million or something over a long-term deal, right? So right. It's, it's about trying to strap the team. If you're, if, you, if you're making that move and it's with Edmonton, it's about trying to strap Edmonton with the most amount of cap that you can strap them with. Right, but now the arbitrator can he can pick a number in between, right? Absolutely, it's not absolutely. like baseball you, where he has to pick the 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 yeah. one or the other. No, absolutely, and but and the, but that's the case. But the thing is, is whatever number the arbitrator picks, I'm I'm assuming that they're banking on that being higher than what he might take to play with Connor McDavid for six or seven years. So, all right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, I think that's, that, I, that's where I was. That, that's where I was kind of thinking as to why this deal maybe is taking longer and hasn't gotten done already. Well, I think they. I mean, it sounds like they are going to go to arbitration, which they got to do by July fifth, right? They got to say that, and then they hear the case in uh, late late July. Late July, early August is the window. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it just seems like if if it's only now with arbitration, it's only a one year deal, right? I think that they can, depending on what the, on what the, the if they're both both asking for multi-year deals, I think that they can do multi-year deals. But I, I'm not a CBA expert. It might just yeah, be I that they have to do a one-year deal. I gotta double check that. But I mean, if it is a one-year deal, then you're right. Maybe Colorado just agrees to it and then tries to unload them for something, thinking, well, we don't want to go through this again. Because like as soon as because I, I believe, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. If he's going to be an RFA next year too after a one-year contract. Then to qualify him, you have to qualify him at the minimum of what right. You got to keep right. right. You got to keep. It's going to keep building and building and building, and maybe they don't right. want to so deal with that. You want to saddle that team with the most salary possible, especially if you're trading. If you're trading about East, maybe you care a little less, right? But yeah, anyways, maybe. that was just a reason why I was thinking if this trade is sort of something that that both teams are still considering, like why it might be on hold, why why Colorado might think it might be in their best interests to go to arbitration, even if if ultimately they're going to trade the player. KJM, I got another question for you. Uh, do you want to go to the Canada-China basketball game next Saturday at seven at the Savile Center? Seven p.m. Yes. Um, unfortunately, next Saturday night I'm busy. I really appreciate that, though, uh, Reed. Yeah, well, I'm giving away tickets. Tell you what, uh, caller number two then at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is going to win the tickets. Sorry, KJM. Hey, no, I appreciate it though. Thanks for having me, Reed. All right. Uh, caller number two seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three four tickets to next Saturday's game at the Seville Center Canada versus China the Edmonton Grads Classic 
China number eight in the world, the Canadian women's basketball team number nine as they uh, tune up for the Olympics. That's the first of a three-game series. We're giving tickets away. We'll do some next week as well. Uh, Heather tweeted me. She says, Reed, every caller that complains about Lucic in five years seems to forget about the Lucic of today. Well, I mean, I mean, the the term of the contract is long. Maybe he's not good at the end. I, I, I that's the risk with any long term deal, right? What if, what if he's really good for four years, okay for two, and bad for one? I mean, the free agents always get more money and they get more term, pretty much always. So I, I think there's a point where that's no reason not to do it, right? I mean, I don't want to sound you know, overly overly morbid here, but you get your kid a goldfish so he has the experience of having a fish. Fish ain't going to be there forever, and one day your kid's going to be sad about it. That's I don't know where that came from. That was kind of weird. Sorry if I offended anybody with fish. Boston fan in Edmonton, Tech 63630. He says, people need to realize Peter is not McTavish. He knows what it takes to win because he's done it before. The trade shows so much that he is putting the team before a player. The trade wasn't fair, but it's what they needed. Lucic's attitude alone will change the team. I wish Hall all the best. He will light it up in the East. People cannot get so attached to these players until their jersey is in the rafters, besides McDavid, of course. Haha, that is from a Boston fan in Edmonton. We got a winner for the tickets? Okay, cool. We do. We'll give away more tickets last week. That's going to be a fun basketball series. Don says goals are generated too different ways individual efforts and team generated efforts my opinion is that hall represented individual efforts and what we need is team create created efforts hall is good but we need more team generated success that is from dawn downtown freddie says don't forget taylor hall had just six goals and 10 points more than lucic last season dave in the deer wrote a long text he put a lot of effort into it so i'm going to read it he says, Reed, first off, I love the Hall trade. Many are thinking with their hearts and not their minds. Many wanted more, but Larson is a great player with his best years ahead. Second, after Lucic's comments today, I'm even more sold that he's perfect for this team. That player combined with Maroon and Cassian will give a lot of confidence to the smaller guys without sacrificing skill. I'm not a Hall hater, but I can't even remember him jumping in to stand up for a teammate. Lastly, it seems forgotten how many injuries there were last year. Dave goes on to say, do not trade Nugent Hopkins. We need depth at center, and Leon played his best at wing. Shirelli needs to rest now until the season... Rest now, sweet Peter. Shirelli needs to rest now until the season starts and see what this team is before entertaining trading Nugent Hopkins. Let's see what he can do healthy with guys like Lucic and Maroon watching his back and McDavid's back. That is from Dave and the Deer. All right. Dwayne is on the phone. Dwayne, are you in Camaros? I am. How are things in Camaros tonight, buddy? Uh, the sky's getting a little dark, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, storm's coming in. What's on your mind, man? Hey, you know, he Lucic was offered more term, more money to go to a team that wears red, white, and blue. Sounds like it, yes. Yeah. So everybody enough with talking about term who cares about term this guy wants to be here that's like half the battle because nhl players think of edmonton as a place that the plague started nobody wants to come here and lucic wants to be here but that's amazing in itself like come on well, like I said, the relationship with Sorelli is going to help. What were his three reasons? Number one was McDavid. 
number two was Shirelli, and then and then number three was the rink. But but I mean, yeah, I mean it wasn't a, a strange general manager talking to him. He likes Shirelli. They like each other. Now you have yeah. to respect the other guy's abilities as well. But 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 I think they do. So yeah, that that and, that and, helped. And Lucic is saying stuff like, "It's a good town. I want to raise my kids here." Like, really? And people are crushing him already. The, the, I love the Oilers, but man, a lot of the times I hate Oiler fans because <laughs> we are just spoiled. Rock. Like you, you're crying about this. You've been 30th, 29th, 29, and 27, and like nothing's changed. Why are you so hell bent to hold on to players that have got you into last place? Congratulations! It's stupidity. Like, figure it out, there, fans. Well, Dwayne, I, I was. Shirelli knows a thing or two more than we do. I was on with Ryan Jesperson yesterday, and as if you've been listening, I I fully understand the Hall trade is tough to take. It's a big risk. But somebody said, "Well, this is the most embarrassing day in recent memory for the Oilers," and I said, "Hold on, how is this more embarrassing than that five nothing loss to the Flames at the end of the season, or that eight one loss to the Flames a couple of years ago?" Or that or, seven yeah. one loss to Chicago when the Blackhawks were up six nothing twenty four minutes into the game and just or laughed when, the rest of the way. Like how is it yeah. any worse? You know what? The most I don't care about the losses like that. The most embarrassing thing for me is is when one player gets swarmed by four other players with different jerseys on and nobody comes to help them. Like is that, that that's not hockey? That's not Canadian hockey. That's not Oiler hockey. Well, unfortunately, it is Oiler hockey. Now. Well, it has so, been. And, and like I've always said, that, I mean, the response is one thing to me, Dwayne, but who initiates it? Who yeah. goes out there and irritates the other team? Who Who's who's throwing a body check? Who's screening the other team's goalie? Who's making the other team think, oh, my God, this guy's coming at us again? You know, and, and Edmonton's a blue-collar town, and who do we love other than the superstar, right? Everybody loves Semenko. Everybody loved Dave Brown. Everybody loved the guy the guy that goes and puts the glove in the face or sprays the other goalie with some snow. Or, you know, who's that on that team right now? Maroon. Everybody loves him. Hendricks. Everybody loved George LaRocque. Like, come on, guys. Like, you, th- these are the types of players that have heart and don't cost a lot. And, you know, my favorite player on the whole team is Maroon. I know he's been here for like a quarter of the season. But he's got the biggest heart out of all of them right now, Dwayne. It's 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 going to be fun. I, I mean, there's a there are well, a lot I of question wait. marks. I I can't. You know, I'm not going to sit here and and make grand predictions. All I know is Shirelli is taking a different approach. Will it be the right approach? I, I would never try to convince people that on on June 30th, but I'm also or on July 1st. But I'm also saying. I'm not going to guarantee wins, but I'm not going to act like the sky has fallen and, and they're still going to lose because now now it's a different approach. They have more well, beef. Every, they have a goalie. Let, let's see if it works. Everybody says that we need a right shot defenseman, right shot defenseman, right? So what's Shirelli doing? He's loading up the left because the right is always so strong. Think about who's on the left. When you come into, when you come into Edmonton now, you're going to have a hard night. I hope so. Dwayne, thanks for listening, buddy. Enjoy your yep. Canada Day. Have a good one. That is Dwayne. It is 8.20. We are going to get to an interview with Milan Lucic as we uh, move along. Inside Sports on Chat.
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Here we go. Great song. Great history in the song, too. Awesome. Now, I have a question for you about your CanCon today. All right. It is Friday. Last show of the week. We usually play the Littlest Hobo theme at the yes. end. Is that CanCon? It would qualify as CanCon. Are we sure the song was written by a Canadian? Well, the program was Canadian, wasn't it? So we're going to just say we can do it. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. Littlest hobo theme. I'm Googling it now. It's called Maybe Tomorrow. Yeah. See if it has a... uh, It's by the Stereophonics. Okay. No, I don't know if this is the same song. I think that's Mm. a different different song. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a different song. Hang on. Because I think the Stereophonics are Canadian, though. Anyway, I've heard that band name before. Uh, but I know which one you're talking sung about. By, maybe Tomorrow was sung by Terry Bush. Okay. I don't know who wrote it, but if it's the artist or the writer, we can use it. Oh, yeah. Terry Bush, Canadian. This is great. <laughs> uh... This is, this is a peek behind the curtain, everybody. This is how every uh, radio station programs music. It's just, can we use it? Yeah, great. All right. <laughs> I, I think it qualifies. Yep. I, I, I think it, fa- it qualifies. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it qualifies. I think we got proudly Canadian Terry Bush from Cashbox Magazine Canada, Woo-hoo. December 12th, uh, 2004. All right, we'll play it. So there we go. We'll do the it Littlest Hobo theme is Canada. This is Inside Sports if you just turn the radio on. Uh, we're talking about Milan Lucic a lot today. We can take yeah. a two-minute break. Exactly. <laughs> uh, appreciate everybody who has called and texted tonight. I, I'm going to tell you what. We're going to be uh, kind of jerks, and we're going to say you can't call for the next 15 minutes because we're going to do the news, and then we're finally going to play the Lucic interview. I know probably some of you have heard it, but probably some of you haven't. So we do want to get that in there. I know a lot of people were impressed with what he said. So I'll play the one-on-one uh, that he had with Bob Stoffer after the 8.30 news. Sound fair? All right. Hey, I did that 15K uh, road race this morning, Kellen Kennedy. And how do you I, feel? I stunned myself. You stung yourself? I st- I, no, stunned. Oh, okay. Surprised myself. I set a personal best by over two minutes. Oh, good. I couldn't believe it. it how was, was the hill? Uh, two hills. Yeah. Well, they slow you down. Yeah. There's no doubt about the, that. The last hill towards the finish is the one There's I was the hill right at the finish. Yeah, yeah the one they were okay. tying yeah, everybody it was okay. on. I felt, I felt pretty good. Cool. I mean, you get up, and then there's a little bit of a, maybe 100 meters or so to the finish. I, I It was possibly the best run of my life. Hey, there we go. So I'm pretty happy. Great weather for it, too. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was getting hot near the end. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. Good, good. CFL update here. Halfway through the first quarter, Calgary Stampeders up 3-zip. On the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Inside Sports on Chet. Hope you are having a great Canada Day. You know, the final half hour of the show. Big day, big, big, big day, big week for the Oilers. Lucic up next. Here they come. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Classic track. 834 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 
Let's do it. Earlier today, our Bob Stoffer with the new oiler, Milan Lucic. It must have been quite flattering to have all these different organizations looking to, uh, to get your services. It was. Uh, you know, I think that's what made this whole process and this decision so hard is because of all the teams and GMs that have reached out and, uh, you know, talk about Brendan Gallagher. I, I had him and, uh, you know, and, and Weber that I know and Carey Price that I know. You know, we kind of wanted to get the BC boy thing going right. in uh, in Montreal. And that was, that was one of the teams that I was strongly considering before uh, making this decision. But uh, at the end of the day, I felt, uh, you know, my loyalty to Peter was something, uh, you know, knowing what he can do with a team and, and uh, you know, his vision of what his team looks like is something that, you know, I wanted to be a part of again. And, and I, you know, I, I've talked about it a lot. Getting a chance to play with, with one of the best players in this generation is, is something that doesn't come around so often with uh, Connor McDavid. And I think uh, for Oiler fans, you know, when they when they drafted him, you know, the, you know, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, to 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 get back to where they were in the 80s. I, I'm not saying he's going to bring five cups here to, to to Edmonton, but I can definitely hit, see him bringing one or two. So that's something that I wanted to be a part of as well. This is Bob Stauffer and Oilers. Now we're joined by the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers, Milan Lucic. And uh, Milan, you went through a difficult per personal time last year, but you do have support from guys that have been with you there for a long time. Scott Bonner has left the Vancouver. Giants. He's going to work with Jerry Johansson. Uh, you know, Jerry is well-liked here at Edmonton. There's even media guys that have tried to direct players uh, to Jerry over the years. And, and you know, Edmonton's kind of a unique city. Some would say it's a, a great place to raise a family. It's a safe place. Uh, so besides the McDavid factor, you do have a support network that's going to be here as well for you. Yeah, definitely. And you, you talk about uh, raising your family. That was that was one of the things that was important to me and my wife. You know, we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to we wanted to raise our kids in a place that was that was really all about family. And I think a place like Edmonton really values family and you talk about the people that I the support group that I have from Edmonton you know you bring up uh, Jerry Johansson you know and, and his partners Manny D'Souza and and Steve Kolowitz and, and and Scott and Craig Bonner and uh, you know Brent, uh, Brendan Gallagher and Ian Gallagher sure. and and my best friend in Boston was Johnny Boychuk and sure. and I, I'm still good friends with Andrew Ferentz who who's an Edmonton boy and, and now is back and you know they talk about how much they they love Edmonton and and all those type of things and and uh, you know they they help me uh, they help me with understanding what it is to to live in a place like this and how much people you know you know just just it's old school in the sense that you know it's not a pretentious place you know people value the things that should be valued and and that's one of the things that was important to me and and also helped me uh, make this decision you know it's interesting you talked a bit about the fact that Edmonton was a little easy to, to, to play against but that said you had several battles uh, Jim Vandermeer yeah. <laughs> and he, I mean he could that yep. guy could take a punch he was old school yep. uh, Luke Gazdick uh, went after you and then uh, Gazdick ended up uh, taking care of Thornton when you guys uh, had that return game in Boston and then even last season a couple current winner teammates now. I know you got a lot of respect for Darnell Nurse by how that fight ended. And Patrick Maroon, who you've done battles with over the years as well. So at least you know you have some support. Not that there's that much of that anymore, but, you know, a team's got to be team tough, Milan. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how teams are uh, successful these days. I know I know the fighting factor is, is, isn't what it used to be, but 
you know, there, there still is a, a, an intimidation factor of, of, of the team toughness. And that comes from, you know, for checking hard and, and, and getting in there on scrums and, and, and responding when, when, when something happens to a teammate. And, you know, that goes a long way. That goes a long way of, of the team starting to become a family. And when the team becomes a family of a group of guys, you know, that's, that's when you start becoming a, a, a real hard team to play against. And, you know, when I first got to Boston, it was – you know, they were almost worse off than, than what the Edmonton Oilers are now with the with the pieces that they had. And what we were able to do was, you know, establish a family. And, and, and eventually we turned into, you know, a pain in the ass for, for a lot of teams to play against. And it, and it, and it ended up with the, with the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's something that I see us, you know, doing here. And, and when I talk about... Peter as a builder you know I that's that's something that from a player standpoint you know I I, I expect him to do and uh and and I have no doubt and and, and confidence that that he's going to do that uh a lot of people have made much to do with the fact like you're 28 I don't think you're old I mean <laughs> Jonesy's in his late 60s now he's still right but uh you know the, the fact of the matter is I think you got to be able to think it's not necessarily you don't have to be the fastest guy in the league if you know where to go maybe just talk to us about the importance of being able to play with good players you played with Krejci at times and Bergeron at times in Boston. You played with Kopitar, but just how important is it to be able to read and react off of top-end players like that? It's 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 really important. And as a winger, you wanna you gotta be able to get help those guys out and and get the puck in their hands. And that's one thing uh, that I've always been really good at. You talked about you know Krejci and and Bergeron and 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 Kopitar and Carter, the the high-end. Uh, centerman that I've uh, that I've been spoiled with uh, to, to play with uh, I've always been able to play that give and go uh, a style with them and 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 get the puck into their hands and in, in in the places where they where, where where they should get it and and that's one of the things that's been my strong point and and that's allowed me to play with players like that and that's why you know I'm excited to play with uh, one of the up-and-coming best players in the league here if Todd put me puts me on the line with him I you know you know, I'm going to do my best to get him the puck in, in, in places where he can where, where he can do his thing because we've all seen what he can do in, in just the, the short time that he played last year. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's, what, that's what's exciting about uh, playing with a guy like that. You know, it's funny, back in 11 when you guys went to that final, most of Canada was actually cheering for Boston. You know, they had Lafayette, <laughs> yeah. they had Piazza, they had Kessler. I'm sure you heard it all in Burroughs. You think they didn't like it out or back then in Vancouver? I mean, it's it's going to make for fun when you play Vancouver and when you play Calgary because those are, you know, I think Vancouver supplanted Calgary as Edmonton's chief rival for a number of years. But I do think the Battle of Alberta is going to be on in the next couple of years. They got some great young players. I'm sure you're, you have tremendous respect for those Pacific Division teams in California, but I'm sure you also realize that we're going to have some fun against some of those Canadian teams in the division as well. Yeah. It, it, you know, as a competitor, those are the games that you look forward to. And, uh, you know, I got to, I got the chance to be a part of some great rivalries, especially the Boston-Montreal, you know, all those regular season games. And we played them four times in the playoffs, and three of them went to Game 7. Uh, and then being in L.A. down there, uh, I think it's one of the best-kept secrets as far as rivalry goes because those California rivalries, they're – you know they they match up with uh, you know the rivalries up here that they it gets loud and it gets rowdy and and it's the same type of feel and and you know 
coming now to, to to the Battle of Alberta, you know, it's something, you know, it's something as, like I said, as a competitor, you look forward to those games and you kind of circle those on the calendar and, uh, and you know, the, the good players and the tough players, you know, they, they seem to always rise in, in those type of games. So, uh, you know, it's those rivalries is what makes the game fun. It makes it fun for the players. It makes it fun for the fans. So, you know, it starts off with game one in the Battle of Alberta here to open up uh, this beautiful new building. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that that's my first game and I get a, get a taste of it right away. He'll wear number 27, Milan Lucic, left winger for your Edmonton Oilers. I found that really interesting what he said. What He said when he got to Boston, they might have been in worse shape than the Oilers because they didn't have anybody like McDavid to build around. And then he said, we became a family and then we became a pain in the ass. Uh, they certainly were. i, I got to be honest with you. I still have a soft spot for the Montreal Canadiens, no doubt. They were, uh, you know, them and the Oilers were the teams I followed the most as a kid. Given that, I've never been a big Boston Bruins <laughs> tolerator. There's a and, rivalry and, there, yeah. And those, I mean, that those teams, I mean, they had some guys on there that, that and I think they're past their peak there, but that really irritated you. And he was one of them, and Marchand, and Chara. And Tim Thomas for maybe other reasons, <laughs> but but uh, but so you know he's he's been through this and he's and he's saying I I believe that uh, he, he's saying he believes he can see that happening here in Edmonton. Obviously, you all hope that uh, that he is right. It's going to make the journey interesting here, and uh, certainly as I mentioned, Peter Shirelli shaking up the composition of the team than the way that the uh, strengths of the team are distributed. Or perhaps he's created a little bit of strengths in areas that were weaknesses. Uh, let's dive right into it here. Bob also sat down with Oilers GM Peter Shirelli today. This is a player you know well, uh, and you've been true to your word. You said you were going to improve the goaltending. You got Talbot. You said you were going to change the complexion and the makeup of the Oilers forwards. And this player... Of all the players in the National Hockey League, probably does that better than anybody else, does yeah, he not? Yeah, he plays. He plays the right way, Bob. Um, he uh, what's what's really uh, significant about the way Milan plays and carries himself is that you know he like he's he, like, all players want to win, um, and he, I've seen him do things uh, by himself that that. that there's a couple of games I can think of off the top of my head that where he's 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 taken a team to a victory just on on his on his will. Now he's not the most talented player in the NHL, um, but he's got skill and he's got talent. He can score goals, and uh, he plays hard. Um, he, you know, he's just uh, he's an impactful player, is what he is, and he's impactful in the right way for us. There's a compatibility there. And uh, I'm ex really, as you can tell, I'm really excited about it. I uh, I'm not a fan of overspending for dimensionless players. Okay, so for yep, third and yep. fourth winger uh, liners that, you know, maybe they can kill penalties or block shots, but they don't have other dimensions, uh, you know, role defensemen. I don't believe in overspending. That I, and I am a little old school, and I still think that is a part of hockey. I know the, the new line thinkers, the analytics types, no, 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 you don't need. I call BS on that. And when you, when you have Connor McDavid, when you come in an organization and take the job as GM knowing you get a draft Connor, Wayne Gretzky always had, you know, he always had a little bit of muscle around him, guys to help protect him. 
you now have that. I mean, you've got these three great young centers, and I know it's not 19, you know, it's not the new Westminster Bruins in the late 70s or the Flyers in the late 70s, but it's still part of the game, isn't it? There's still a little well, bit of that well, It's a physical game, yeah. right? So there's, there's, uh, it, while fighting is, uh, is, is slowly disappearing from the game, it's a physical game. It's a game of aggression. It's a game of intimidation, and and we have skilled players, and then, and we have other players that have skill that play a physical game, and I think that's important. It's important for a couple of reasons. It gives the guys some space to operate. And I'm not just talking about Connor. I'm just talking about we got we have some skilled guys, but the, really the most importantly, we I've seen teams have success. I've been part of teams that have had success. You wear guys down. You wear the opposition down. And, uh, and, you know, among, among other things, that's what Milan brings. And it's, I, I, it's an 82-game season. It's, uh, it, the, the playoffs is, is, is just a grind. Uh, guys just they get worn down. So when you have teams that, that have players that can wear down the opposition and have skill, those are hard players to find. And then, so uh, it, it, that's an important part of how we're trying to build this team. No, we're not trying to get slower. It, it's a real heavy division we're in. And we got to get out of our division to win the cup, so we have to we have to combat the teams that are in our division. Peter, at any point, and you know, by all reports, the meetings went very well, and there was lots of different people that impacted Milan coming here. But at any point over the course of the last 24 hours, were you concerned you would not get Milan? Well, yeah, absolutely. I like I knew like I, I knew, and my hunch was right because Milan told me that that there was a team that uh, was a really good fit, and. Uh, and I knew that that was the finalist. It was us and them, and there was none of the teams that was talked about. And so, and I knew that was the one. And and I said to him, I said, you know what? Like either would have been great for you. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. So, we're very fortunate that that he came here. Um, you know, you 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 feel a little better the the more you get closer to the the start of free agency, and you haven't heard anything negative. So I was I was building on that, but. Again, uh, didn't know till uh, earlier today. You've had a good year recruiting. You got Kajula. Now you got Milan Lucic. You made a couple smaller moves today uh, with Gustafson as well as bringing Mark Fraser back as an organizational depth defenseman. You've also been true to your word. You said you'd try to improve the goal. To get, you got to get a goalie. You got Talbot. You added some size first with Cassian, then with Maroon. You're re-signing Cassian on a haircut. You got Anaheim to eat part of Maroon's salary. Now you have Milan. You talked the other day about defense. And I, is it safe to say, in a perfect world, you're probably not done in terms of rebuilding uh, your team building? That was the term Ray Shiro used yesterday when we had him on in terms of building your D. You may not be. Well, I, I may not be stuff, but um, if, if I am, uh, and not, notwithstanding the cries of protest for a power play specialist, if I, 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 I'd be very satisfied where we sit today. We're getting Oscar Clefbaum back. He's a hell of a defenseman. It's going to take him some time to get up and running. He missed a lot of games last year. We've brought in uh, Adam Larson, uh, a high pedigree player, although not as well known to this community as as uh, as in other hockey circles. He, he's 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 a right shot. That's important in the righty lefty scheme of things. He can play up an offensive role. No, he's not an offensive specialist. He can play a power play uh, on a power play. No, he's not a power play specialist. So if all things being equal, if, if we were to start today with our D, I'd be quite happy. I'd be very happy. Um, yes, I'd like to try and get someone that can complement a power play and push the puck up to the forwards. Um, yeah, there's, that's no secret. Right. So, so we'll continue to look at There's still a couple that are out there. They're hard to find. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep, exactly. Is, is that yeah, fair? No, point? you're right. You're right. And... and 
you know, I know the outcry that was was in this town after we uh, we we traded Taylor for Adam, and uh, I can understand the the attachment to to Taylor, but um, you know, you, you, uh, my job is to look at the big picture to to build the team, um, and. Um, you know, that's what we're doing. All right, one final one for you. Speaking of team building, Ray Sherrill said yesterday on our show, he said it was a more difficult trade for him to make, getting Taylor, because he didn't have a replacement for Adam Larson, as opposed to you, given the fact that you had, you know, you got, you won Paul Yarby in the, in the draft. Like, you got a guy that can step in and likely play right away. You got Everly on the wing. Now, you know, you didn't have Milan yet, but you had other guys, including the three centers down the middle. Well, he was right, Bob. Like, like that was the biggest kind of sticking point and uh, we were in on other things and and I, I felt that this was the best fit for the time for the supply of, of D that were out there and and that was a, a sticking point because he's right how, how does he replace that guy and, and Ray, Ray will find a way to replace that guy he's had a lot of success in this league and uh, but that was that was a, a big topic of conversation when we talked about this deal all right, that's Peter Shirelli in conversation with Bob Stoffer. Tell you what, if you missed anything today, go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, or it's actually just on the front page of the website. There, there's audio there, write-ups. Uh, you can also hear from Gustafson. You can get stuff from Milan Lucic's agent, Jerry Johansson. Yeah, it's all there. We had a uh, long and effective day of coverage here. That's a great way to promote the station. We cover things effectively, uh, but, but it's all there on the Ched website. Back for a final look at the scoreboard here on the Canada Day edition of Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Ched. American woman, Canadian football. Hey, Matt Nichols has a touchdown for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're up 7-3 on Calgary, four minutes into the second quarter. Earlier tonight, BC all over Hamilton, winning at 28-3 to go to 2-0. The Blue Jays lose 2-1 in 19 innings to the Cleveland Indians. Carlos Santana hit the game-winning homer in the top of the 19th. Off Darwin Barney. Yes, the Blue Jays had to use a couple of position players to pitch. Cleveland used nine pitchers in this game. They've won 14 in a row. The game took six hours and 13 minutes. Tiger Woods will not play in the British Open. Wales beat Belgium in a quarterfinal at the Euro Soccer Tournament. Tomorrow, Italy and Germany. And then Sunday, it'll be a fun one. Iceland against France. Uh, Wales, by the way, will play Portugal. In a semifinal, we had uh, Portuguese soccer supporter Kevin Jesus from Global Television on this show last night. Uh, again, everything on the 630 Ched website. Milan Lucic, seven years, $42 million from the Oilers. Jonas Gustafson, backup goalie, one year, $800,000. Mark Fraser signed to a two-way deal uh, worth a reported $575,000. That's his uh, NHL salary. I would guess he's going to play most, if not all, the season in the American Hockey League. All right, well, what a week it has been. Taylor Hall traded. Adam Larson acquired. Milan Lucic acquired. If you missed anything on this show or on Bob's show during the week, 
Go to the Ched website, check out our podcast or the individual pages for the show, and you can listen to all the past analysis and interviews and all the gibberish about these deals. Hope you have a great Canada Day weekend. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Pat Steinberg out of Calgary and Daryl Evans out of Los Angeles. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Always fun talking to you. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. He's back from holidays on Monday as the Eskimos get back to work off their bye week. One week from tonight, we have an Eskimos game on the airwaves. They host Saskatchewan. 6 o'clock pregame show, 8 o'clock for the kickoff. Brendan Orr helping to produce the show this week as well. Thanks to him for pinch hitting. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening, spinning all these great Canadian tunes. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.